0: Anybody feeling like me right now, and you could just lie down on this stage, spent out of all that you've just drank in this weekend? You're still swallowing, you're still saying, oh my gosh, did I just get last night's service yet? (laughs) Tracy's spirit-filled, hope-filled message, I'm still letting that permeate into the tiniest corners of my private life. And then we see our friends pour out from the depths of grief a song of hope, a song of new chances, of yet-to-comes, of semicolon kind of stories. Anybody here need to drink it in still? I'm drinking. If you came like me this weekend, you want to get every little ounce of what God wants to say to you in you in you for tuesday afternoon in you for saturday night next weekend you need it in you i need these messages in me let me get them i'm looking around the room and i know you need god right in the middle of that you need god right in the middle of there You need God to make sense right in the real-life life life that you lead. Right in the real-life jobs that you work at. Right in the real-life marriages that you're working through. Right in the real-life parenting. Right in the real-life singleness. Right in the real-life loneliness. Please, God, be real somebody testify if you know that God is real. Because we know the word says it, that we overcome by the words of our testimony, but sometimes our sister needs to know he's real because she is doubting it. I want you to stand up this afternoon. We need to move around. I was a children's pastor for a while. I was a youth pastor. I just like people. My favorite thing to do right now is seniors ministry. I like people. But one thing I love about people is they all got a name. They've all got a story. They've all got a somewhere they're going and a someplace that they still want to get to. I want you to go around, and I'm going to teach you some good Newfie this afternoon. Because my mama always said... The accent and the H's drop off when the Holy Spirit moves in. And you're going to try to catch up. And you're going to say, what does she mean by that word? You'll get it. I'll leave that to the interpretation of the Lord. I'm going to teach you some great Newfie. And one of my favorite Newfoundland sayings, and as soon as I heard the conference title, fierce, all I could think of was, is my nanny saying, she's something fierce. She's something fierce. I want you to practice that. Practice it. She's something fierce. Now you gotta drop up the ing, no proper grammar here. She is something fierce. something fierce. Now I wanna go, I want you to go and meet five ladies that you don't know yet and tell her you're something fierce. In your best noofy tongue, okay? Kristen, you are something fierce. Deborah Lee, you are something fierce. Colleen, you are something fierce. Melissa? You are something fierce, Jerrica. You are something fierce, Vanessa. You are something fierce. You are something fierce. Everybody wants to be a new You give them a chance to be one and they want to be it all day. She's something fierce. She is something fierce. If you want, if you still have one more, don't you break the rules. You meet five. She's something fierce. Take a seat. You are something fierce, Tracy. We haven't even got preaching yet, and I feel fired up and fierce. Now, what you need to know about this wonderful newfism is that you can use this phrase, girls, for anything from a bad toothache to a great dessert. You can use it. To describe your Aunt Jennifer or your grandmother's baking. She's something fierce. Now, Melissa thought she n- missed something from it that you needed to add the word by, but I knew I was at a women's conference, so I just wanted to keep it for girls. She's something fierce by. She is something fierce. Now, you can say that in a lot of different contexts. It could be to explain the depth of grief or the most exciting day of your life, the best news or the worst news. But what I do know it fits all of us equally is that I can look at you, Robin, and say that you are something fierce. Your kind spirit and your willingness to give is fierce. I can look at Colleen and say you are something fierce. I met your friend Stephanie today in the bathroom and we had a common thought that you are something fierce. (laughs) You are something fierce, Marilyn Tapp. You have walked through the journey of pain and parenting like nobody's business in the last couple years. You thought that parenting was over at 18, and then you walk through the trial with your daughter and their children. You are some fierce. There are a whole lot of fierce ladies in here, and sometimes we don't know what to do with that. Sometimes we don't know what to do with that title because we've been told to keep it quiet, and we've been told to be restrained, and we've been told to be the good girl. We've been told a lot to quiet down. Because the truth of the matter is fierce, while in Newfoundland it can explain a whole lot of things, it can explain a whole lot of things for us. Fierce can be a description for anything from the lioness to the mama bear that comes out of us. You know the mama bear. You know her, the one that something happens to your kid and you gotta come back and hold all your mature bones in (laughs) and not run out on the playground and say, you get your hands off my child. You know it. You know it when it rises up, when you got to put on your like adult brain and be really mature and make good concrete decisions of what's going to come out of your mouth. When someone breaks your daughter's heart, you know, you know the mama bear. She's fierce. The lioness, she's fierce the storm is fierce sometimes ladies what i'm going through right now what you're in the middle of is fierce some days worse than the others sometimes it makes you sick to your stomach sometimes it makes you stay up way too late sometimes it makes you want to put your head in the sand and not focus on it and read a few more posts of perfect lives on facebook I'm going to spend time with Jesus and to scroll through my Facebook and see whose life is worse than mine. <laughs> and you never find it on Facebook. They're always skinnier. They're always better toned blonde. They're always better wearing shoes. They've always, always got better husbands. They've always got perfect children. And if you're looking to Facebook to give you some perspective, girlfriend wrong place open up a book that's trusted open up a word that's been tested open up the word that's been tried and true and is still as good today as it has ever been and gives us perspective on every area of our lives every bit of our being can be found and be rooted in the power of God's word to his people amen Amen. I want to introduce you to a fierce lady friend that I've always loved her story. I want you to turn to Judges. I love the story of the Shunammite woman. I went there today, and I'm telling you, I could early read the scripture because I have so many notes all around the Shunammite woman. And then Tracy gave me about 65 more to squeeze into the sides of my my Bible. But I want to introduce you to another fierce woman, Deborah, Judges 4. And I love this morning hearing crinkling scripture open up. I loved that you are following right now on the app and you're going and you're typing in Judges and you're scrolling down 3, 4, stop at 4. We're going to start at verse 1, Judges 4. We're going to start there. And let me introduce you to a woman who's not afraid of what's in her. Deborah is a woman noted for her ability to act on what she sees. Let me pray. Lord, I am so grateful for every breathing woman in this room and the few breathing men that we have with us too. I am so grateful that you have purpose and plans for every one of us in the real life details of our lives. You are real. I thank you for the friendships that are here. I thank you for the women that have had our back, that have sent us the post, that have encouraged us in the morning, that have put an end on our day with a, a word of prayer. Lord, I'm grateful for all that's in this room. And together, Lord, we're a force. But Lord, some of us, some of us, some of us need to be reminded that you are the one within us. And that we need you to give us wisdom and perspective. We need you to give us the ability to know what to do with the fire in our bones. Lead us, Lord, and I pray your word would come alive so fresh and so clear and so clean and so pure that it speaks right to the particulars of my friends' lives. In Jesus' name, I give you praise. Amen. Judges 4. After he had died, I love that name for my next baby boy, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, a king of Canaan, who re- reigned in Hazar. There's all those good, nice words. The commander of his army was Sesera, who lived in Erosheth, ego That sounds like somewhere around Pilly's Island, Newfoundland. (laughs) Because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Pause all the ladies... 20 years ago seems like yesterday, doesn't it? 20 years ago, some of us were 17 years old, figuring out what we were going to do with the rest of our lives, having nothing to worry about around the bags around our eyes or the way our skin crinkles now that it didn't bend. We could buy the cheapest makeup out there 20 years. was just a day ago, wasn't it? And yet, when you're in oppression for 20 years, that feels like a long time. That feels like a really long time. And I, was, I prepared this week, 20 ch- just seemed to pop out at me. 20 years ago, I was still really trying to figure out what it meant to give my life to God and for anything that he wanted to do. 20 years ago, I was worried right now about what I was going to do with the rest of my life. 20 years ago, I hadn't met the best man in all the world and married him. I hadn't had the sweetest little girl that ever could be. 20 years ago, I was trying to figure out student loan applications. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And yet 20 years ago sometimes pops its ugly head when some of the same insecurities I have seem to want to creep back up from grade 12. Some of those 20-year-old oppressions still want to bear a shadow over what I'm doing now. 20 years ago, I was a perfectionist. 20 years later, I'm still surrendering perfectionism to God's hand. 20 years ago, I worried that I was not good enough and that I was going to fail every test I wrote. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was insecure. 20 years ago, I never felt like I came from the perfect family. 20 years ago. And here I am 20 years later, and I'm still having some of the same conversation with God. But I love that he knows that. I love that he knows that we're still giving it back to him. Sometimes I think we give this impression that for God to be real, he needs to magically take every struggle away from us. Ta-da, it's over. 20 years ago, I needed God to establish confidence in me just like now I need him to establish confidence in me. Ladies, I'm looking at you because you know what it is for the shadow of self-doubt to come bearing its ugly head over you. Inferiority. Wondering when you'll ever have your junk all together. Wondering when you finally look prim and proper. Wondering when you'll really ever arrive at fitting in. I am so glad I've had a constant friend through that who continues to remind me that I can daily surrender those things and not carry them alone. I love that I can daily bring these things to him and that he cares as much now as he did in 1999. I love that he gets the whole story, and he was there then, he's there now, he's here 20 years from now. They were in oppression for 20 years, and they start to cry out, Deborah, a prophetess, you know, this is not a typical title for many of us today, but she is noted in scripture as the one female judge, one female prophetess. The wife of Lapidus was leading Israel that t- at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. Prophetess, judge, sometimes might just be a fancy word for a lady who is running the HR department of Israel. Any of you ever been in that awkward position where you need to make the decision despite your own emotions? When you had to remove yourself from a situation and make the professional decision in the moment? Fun place to be, isn't it? It's an exciting place to have to tell someone that you're going to be let go. It's not an exciting place. It is not an exciting place to have to put people in their place and say, listen, you've been out of line. Listen, we've gone over this multiple times, and now this is our final decision. There might seem to be something fancy on Deborah's resume to us. She is got a, quite the resume. Can you show us, Kristen? She's got quite the healthy-looking resume. She's courageous. She's decisive. She's a strategist. She's the judge of Israel. That sounds fancy. This is the real life human resource director might just well be her name and title. Do you think it was all it was cracked up to be to be the judge of Israel, Tracy? You think that was always a great start to your day to know that on your to-do list was some really awkward conversations with people that you cared about, but you knew that they needed to know how it was? Do you know how exciting sometimes it was to have to bring really awful news to a family that really didn't need it right now, but it was the time. Deborah is tasked with also being this prophet, a communicator for God's messages in really difficult situations. She's speaking into the messy pieces, the not-so-pleasant, the declines, the I-can't-approve-you conversations that nobody, nobody, nobody enjoys. And yet here she finds herself in a place in history, Kareem, where really she's at a place. This is not a typical role. What's she doing having this job anyway? You know she's a woman. How'd she get that? who she know upstairs? How'd she, how'd she find that position? She's got the position. She's been tasked with these Issues to face. And here she is facing them under the tree of Deborah. I think it's pretty awesome that she gets her own tree. Maybe she made the sign herself. But people are coming to check out her advice. I need your direction. I need you to be able to to give me some type of understanding about this situation that I'm going through takes the fancy out of her nice, fancy judge title, doesn't it? I need to be that voice of reason right now. I need to be that voice of professionalism. I need to help them see what they're not seeing. I need to show them the peripheral view. Sometimes the places we're in aren't all they're cracked up in being. With some of these positions that you hold, Somebody say motherhood is a little harder than anybody told us it was going to be. I love the Mother's Day cards and longed for one. And then I realized that temper tantrums don't really make great poems. (laughs) And overtired children really don't always fit that perfect little box I'd like to put her in. Some of the roles you play ladies aren't all they're cracked up to being on day-to-day basis, are they? Are they? And yet we're saying, how do I lead in this? And how do I walk through this? She is the woman that has quite the resume. We're all looking up to her saying she must wake up with her lips on, that Deborah. She walks around in nude tights. No, she don't. She keeps an extra pair in her brown purse over there. (laughs) Deborah, from a distance looks like the be-all, end-all. She's got the best Facebook profile, the best resume, the greatest picture on her business card. And yet, day to day, she's tasked with just going out to do the dirty work of working with people in their real-life situations. How many of you now have a new perspective of what Deborah is about to do next? Deborah, actually, through biblical history, has been given a... Uh, A nickname, if you read through this passage, it speaks to her name as being a woman of the torches. Listen, the girl's on fire. She's a firecracker. Her name says so. But what do you do with a firecracker who also needs to be wise? What do you do with a firecracker that also needs to be tempered? What do you do with a firecracker who has a lot of awkward situations to walk through? We see her present herself to God. Whew. Now she held court. We heard that. She's the one that comes, the one that you come to to have your disputes decided. Now she sent for Barak, here we go, this is going to be the thing she couldn't wait to do all day on her to-do list. She sent for Barak, son of Abiodun, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Sebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troop to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Check, she got it off her to do list. The sticky note can be thrown in the garbage can or the shredder. I got the message across. But Beric doesn't respond the way that she would have hoped. Barak said to to her, if you go with me, I'll go, but if you don't go with me, I won't go. Oh, come on. Don't go being hard to get along with. Just take the message. God wants you to do this. Just go down and get your men together and go fight the army and go win it. Now, Deborah's at this fine place in in this place Pretty normal conversation, another part of her HR duties. We're getting out of 20 years of oppression here. Oh, that didn't go over as well as I expected. Now, what do I do, I wonder? She's in a position right here, right now, right in this hour. She could have been afraid of the situation in front of her. Me, I'm not going. I got heels on. <laughs> me, I'm not going. I'm not going messing up my makeup. Me, I'm not going. I haven't been trained for war. Me, I'm not going. That's not my place. That's not my job. That's outside of my job description. That ain't me. That was for you. She could have been afraid of the situation in front of her. How many of you have ever been afraid of the situation in front of you? Whether that is potty training or figuring out how to get to BC for your daughter-in-law's birth, daughter-in-law, who's going to have your first grandchild. You've been worried about the situation in front of you. You'd rather shrink back and say, mm mm not my place. Women have been told a few times before, that's not your place. That's not, that's not your place. But Deborah, but Deborah, without any hesitation, says, very well. Very well, Deborah said, I will go with you But because of the way you are going on about this, anybody ever say that one? Well, just because of the way you're going on about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Caesarea over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where he summoned Sebulun and Naphtala. Ten thousand men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. So many times I've seen ladies who are more than qualified shrink back and say, I don't know, I might ruffle some feathers. I don't know. I don't really want to walk into that room and be the only lady there. You know how awkward that can get? You know what? Some of us have been making it awkward for ourselves all along. Maybe you need to lace up your shoes and get going to what's in front of you. Maybe we need to go lead with the situation that we have right here and right now. Maybe I need to get going and say, you know what? I'm coming with you, Barrick. I'm coming with you. Get the guys together. Send out the message. Rally the troops. I'm going. She could have been afraid of the situation. You know what else she could have been? She could have been afraid of being the one who sticks out. Listen, 1 to 10,000 is a pretty crazy ratio. The only lady walking down with the boys in their camel? I'm the only one here? I'm the only one here. Oh, I feel awkward. Or she could have just walked, and she could have just went and did what was in front of her, and what she knew that God had been calling them to. Because remember, the goal of this battle is to get their people out of the place that they've been stuck for 20 years. 20 years ago, she might have been the 17-year-old who's seen her people in this place. 20 years later, she's in a position now and she's going to do something about it, even if it means walking with the boys. Even if it means being outside of our comfort zone, understand me, friends, I am not having a conversation about boys and girls, men and women. I'm talking about each of us being exactly what we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be it. Listen, I could preach this sermon to my husband and say, you stand up and go do it. It's in front of you. Go on and do it. Because, you know, boys get awkward Guys find themselves sometimes having to not shrink away from being the one that stands out. Boys have always been told, men have always been told, well, you're just like that because you're a guy. It's just a man thing. They're just telling man jokes. They're just watching man things. They're just having guy conversation. Oh, for goodness that some of our guys will be willing to step out and say, listen, I don't watch it. I don't, I don't tell jokes like that. I don't find that funny. Not around me. Keep that out of here. Pray for your husbands to be willing to say, I am not afraid of sticking out and standing out. And how about they see it in our examples? How about they see it, our peers, the guys that we work with, say, you know what? I respect her for the human she is. I respect her for the wisdom that she has. I respect her because she is walking this out in confidence. And let's forget the gender on her, and let's remember that she is doing exactly what she's supposed to do now. Listen, we, if there's ever, 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 we know it. We're the ladies that want to have six of us go to check our mascara together in the bathroom. You check my teeth, I'll check yours. You check my face, I'll check yours. You check my ears, I'll check yours. I'll check your hair, you check mine. Just because we might miss something in ourselves, there's something beautiful about the crowd. 17, I cared about the crowd. Here I am, 37, and sometimes I still need to be pushed outside my comfort zone and said, I'm doing it by myself. I don't know if you're coming, but I'm going. I don't know that you care that I I think that way, but I'm going to speak into that. I know you wouldn't want to be in some of these positions, but I know this is where I want to be. Listen, if there's ever a people that needs to know that it's okay to step away from the crowd, it's ladies. I can speak this to 17-year-olds, and I can speak it to 30-sums, and I can speak it to 60-sums, and I can speak it to 80-sums who look like they're 30-sum. You need to be okay to step out from the crowd sometimes. Have an opinion of your own. Have a conviction that is yours that you know you need to defend. And whether that is picking up for the lady that everybody just snickers at anyway because she smells that way, or if it's being kind to your husband when all the other ladies love to just rip a strip off theirs. Ooh! I said it. I'm going to tell you, I actually need to tell you that I really respect my husband and I'm going to curve this conversation. And you know what that crowd thing does? Before long, they're telling you something nice about their husband. you know what they tell you and they remember that their husband has been a faithful garbage bringer-outer for the last 20 years. (laughs) He has been the faithful make-the-bed partner for the last 13 days. (laughs) Before long, you curve that conversation because you have been willing to step out and be okay and not be afraid of stepping out. Listen, there's a lot of light, Stephanie, on a, on a lady who's the only lady in 10,000 men. But you can get distracted by thinking that you're sticking out and not getting the job done, not getting the battle won. She is going down on a mission. Listen, my eyes are a mess. <laughs> Now, Ever the Canaanite had left the other Canaanites, the descendants of Habob, Moses' brother in law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zenobab near Kadesh. And when they told Seserah that the barrack son of Abeddon had gone up to Mount Tabor, Seserah gathered together his nine hundred iron chariots. But he got the big guns. He's pulling them out. And all the men with him from Aroshith Arrowgim down by Pilly's Island to the Kishon River. And then Deborah said to Barak, Go right now, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sesera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Remember, she's the lady in HR. She's the brain. She's the one who's going to typically assess all the pros and cons, have it all mapped out. But she is prepared for this moment, and she can see it as it is, and she says, Barrett, go. Go. Now's the day. Go now and know that the Lord has won the victory. There's no hesitation in the girl. There's no hesitation that the battle has been fought and won already. Today's your day for the victory. Today you're going to get it. Today, mission impossible becomes mission ours. Go and get it. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you today? And Barak went down to Mount Tabor, followed by 10,000 men, and at Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sesera and all his chariots, An army by the sword, and Caesarea abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. Understand what's being said. This battle has been fought, but the leader has jumped ship. Left his men where they are, all of his fancy arsenal, and he is running for dear life. They have been defeated, and the leader finds himself trying to figure out who do I know from up over there. That's some newfie. Who do I know that I might be able to hide away in their house? We joke and understand with all respect that my father is a proud Newfoundlander, but if there's anyone that can find somewhere to lay his head anywhere across Canada, it is my dad. He has a friend in every neighborhood. He has a friend up every arbor. He has a friend down every road. And if you're not his friend yet, he's going to invite himself to be yours. (laughs) Jabin's out finding somewhere that he can go hide away. And he remembers that there's some relations. There are some relations between Jabin, king of Hazar, and the clan of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. And he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. Next, girl. Looks like the ratio's been changing. We had one, now there is two. Now, Deborah could have at this point been like, What's she doing? What's, what's this lady doing here? Moving in on my turf. Sometimes we don't like the, like, stepping out and having the spotlight, but then other times we're like, this is my thing. What are you doing over here? I'm the one that came down to fight this victory. Don't hear it anywhere. You don't see it anywhere in Scripture. You see this woman invite him into her house, this this guy who's jumped ship who's just looking for a place to hide, and she says, come on in. And she lays a covering over him. Faith loves to play hide-and-seek, and her favorite place to hide is always under her Elsa blanket. It is a very easy game of hide-and-seek. I know where she's going to be. She, eats, she takes her blanket, whips it over his head. He's thinking, I have found where I need to be. I have saved my butt. I'm Okay. I'm thirsty, he said. He whispers from outside of the fleece blanket, I'm thirsty. Please give me some water. And she opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. Watch and see that no one finds me. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here, did you just say no? Beautiful hide-and-seek happening here right now. But J-Hell, Aber's wife, picked up a tent peg. (laughs) This is a little fierce. I might have been trying to find the PG version of this. (laughs) Anyone under 12? Anyone under 20? (laughs) I'm the 37-year-old who's still afraid to watch anything like this, so maybe I was trying to find the PG version for myself, but here we go. Aber's wife picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay asleep, exhausted. And she drove the peg through his temple and into the ground and he died. That's a different happily ever after story. (laughs) I like to like soften that one up. Soften the blow in every way, if you know what I mean. But here's what's happened. This lady knows that this is a man who's retreated and left his people. She does not want to host him. She has been the one who's been strategic and saying, Not on my watch, are you going to continue this battle? This one's for the girls. This one's fought already. And she goes out and finds and says, Barak came by pursuit in Sisera, and Jehel went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. And so he went in with her, and there lay Sisera, with the tent peg through his temple. Some days are headaches. <laughs> and on that day, God subdued Jabin the Canaanite king before the Israelites. And the hand of Israel grew stronger and stronger and stronger against the Canaanite king until they destroyed him. If you want to find fierce, feisty women, I think we just found them. Now let me tell you, there is something scary about zeal without direction. There is something very dangerous about being a woman of the torches, the girl on fire, the fiery little firecracker, if you don't have some wisdom behind it. Raise your hand if you know a firecracker. Raise your hand if sometimes you are one. (laughs) Raise your hand and tell me as it ever burnt you. It is not something that we need to be left to our own devices. Do you know I loved that in all the spice and the fire of Deborah that I know that she is also recognized for her wisdom. You don't get the job of HR director of Israel without having a little bit of wisdom, without having a little bit of knowledge, without stopping and considering your actions. That is who I am so grateful directs me in all my fire, in all my fights, in all the mama bear moments. I have a faith that leads me. Listen, fear of the situation, fear of being the only one and fear of stepping out and then Fearing the results and being afraid of failure, there's a lot of us that haven't did anything because we're afraid we'll fail royally at it. Deborah could have been afraid of it all, but she wasn't. But how many of you also need another to-do list? Do you really need to be told by somebody else something else you need to be doing? No. On our to-do list is figure out how the keto diet works, figure out how in the world carbohydrates are the enemy, figure out how I dry my clothes quicker so they're ready in the morning, figure out how I can make something quick for supper, figure out how I can help my child's temper, figure out how I can keep my husband happy. We got some to-do lists already. But what I do want to say is that in all the to doing I want to be. Instead of doing, I want to be being. I want it to become a part of who I am, the depth and soul of me. Listen, I have been under some of the best preaching in the last year ever. And my pastor has been preaching on a whole series about faith without works is dead. Now, all the ladies in here say, I wish I had something else to do. I wish I had something else to do. But listen, faith will always, always, always come with expectation. Faith will always demand you to do something with what is in front of you. And you can look at wonderful examples of women of faith that we have been privileged to be a part of their legacy. Listen, I come from Newfoundland where Sister Garrigus brought the gospel to the island and set it on fire. That might be one of my favorite nicknames. Robin, please don't tell everybody, but my nickname used to be Sister Garrigus. She was the mother of bringing the gospel to Newfoundland that might be a little high to live up to. But at the time, I think my friends thought it was sweet. Sister Garrigus came to Newfoundland as a single woman, and she brought the gospel. She figured out how to get a group of ladies together to go and spread the gospel. Can we see some pictures of this fierce little firecracker? Listen, I am just saying I want you to check out her boots. Next one, next one. This is someone else you're going to meet here. In a minute, the next one. Listen, this here is another fierce lady. Check out the bonnet. Let's stay right here. Since we're checking out fashion, yes, I got these boots at Salvation Army. No Frenchies, if you're checking out these. (laughs) Catherine Booth, fierce woman. You know what the Salvation Army stands for. You've heard that. Yes, you love thrifting there. Yes, you love the great deals. But yes, do you know that the mission started with a woman who really, even as a teenager, was moved with compassion for homeless people, was moved with compassion for how much alcoholism in the 1800s was affecting and tearing down society. Listen, her heart was ripe to just see what was in front of her. But she got on a mission. She got on a mission. And listen to one of the quotes that she is known so well for. If we are ever to better the future, we must disturb the present. You have got to do with something that you see right now. You've got to do something about what you see now. I love I love that Garrett's parents are taking that grief and saying, We are doing something about mental health. We are going to say that it is okay to surrender this to God, but let's not forget we need to go and have the right medication and the right counseling. I love that you are facing that head on because that is an epidemic that somebody got to get going doing something about. I love that Catherine Booth, 17 years old, when she volunteered to be on the committee, to be on the temperance committee, to really start to address what alcoholism was doing in London, she got going about something and didn't start and wait and say, maybe when I'm 30, maybe when I'm older, maybe when I'm not a lady. Listen, it's happening now, and she addressed the issue in front of her, and she got going. Did she ever know that there would still be a ministry happening now in 2019? Probably not. But her obedience affects my life now. Her obedience affects the lives of homeless people all around the globe. This ministry blew up not because she had it all figured out, but because she responded in faith to what was right in front of her. What moved her heart was what moved God's heart. And if he's moving your heart, if you're close to his, you know what the result is. If you get close to him, you you get to know his heart a little more. And when you know his heart, you cannot be okay with people being left alone to figure out their addictions by themselves. You cannot be okay. You cannot be okay to leave life to do what it needs to do. But I know, ladies, you don't need another to-do list. You say yes more than you need to already. Thank you, Jesus. I hear what you're saying to me, too. We say more yeses because they get more congratulations. We say more yeses because it makes me more approved. But how about I said better no's and better yeses? How about I said, you know what? Faith really does lead me to do something. Faith without works is dead. And that is exactly what Pastor Joel has been speaking. But how many of you know that faith, Deeds without faith, deeds without purpose, is just exhausting. You can do a lot of good things and just be wore out. God give us wisdom with our yeses. God give us wisdom with our noes. But listen, faith with feet is fierce. I love that we can consider what it is to be doers with purpose. Not doers because we need pats on the back. Not doers because it's going to make people like us. Not doers just to fluff up our resume. But doers because he's calling us into it. In this room, there are disruptors that will have as much an impact as Catherine Booth in her pretty little bonnet. There are disruptors in this room that have just as much zeal and passion. And God can use you as much as he did with Alice Garrigus when she brought the gospel to Newfoundland to a bunch of people that she probably couldn't understand because she was from the States. And she came in and had to introduce herself without the accent. But the gospel got told. I wish to God I wish to God that I could truly submit in full surrender to his perfect will because I trust it so well that I would see not just myself be fierce, but that I would be known to be fierce and wise. Faith makes our fierceness full of wisdom. Listen, when we have faith, That comes from a commitment to God. That comes from, faith comes from knowing God. Knowing God will lead you to honestly want to pursue a life of holiness and to make the right decisions and to make pure decisions without ulterior motives. Can you imagine if we were fierce for someone else's glory than our own? Can you imagine what a force, what a force, what a force we could be if we weren't trying to pull strings? When we said, my motive is just to please you, God. I don't care who gets the credit. I don't care who gets the glory. I don't care who gets the position. I don't care who gets the title. I don't care who gets the tag. I don't care if they forget to take a picture of me for the picture op you imagine fierce women with holy motive with pure motive that is completely directed with something beyond themselves that would shake them up and i look at all of you and right now you're growing in your faith fresher today than it was yesterday you're trying to swallow in all this good stuff but What would happen if on Monday we went back with a different perspective on being hard workers? What would happen if we went back on Monday and we actually said, you're doing a phenomenal job with the girl that you've been in crazy competition with for the last two months? How about we congratulated each other and we said, you're doing excellent. I'm so proud of you. I am your biggest cheerleader and meant it. Oh God give me a holy pure motive a holy passion directed by holy motive Holy cow <laughs> That would be awesome That holiness would lead me you know what holiness does to you it has a bad rap That word has a bit of a bad rap when i say holy you say intimidated when you when i say holy you say She can't tell a joke. When I say holy, you think she is pious, she is pompous, she thinks that she is just a few inches above the rest of us. Listen, holiness has gotten a bad rap. Holiness should be so beautiful for someone to witness because it is holiness that is truly just a tiny picture a tiny little picture of how good God is. You know what holiness should look like? It should look like light. It should be the image of God being able to permeate through me and radiate through me. Not that I say I'm better than you. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. And I don't do that. And I don't do that. And I don't do that. Holiness has a bad name, but listen. Holiness is what will lead you to look a little more like Jesus. Be a little more compassionate. Be a little more kind. Be a little more gracious. Be a little softer. Be a little more willing to understand. Be a little more willing to be directed. Holiness will cause you to be humble. In every position of authority that you are in, there will still be a sense of humility that permeates all the leadership qualities that you have. You've had arrogant bosses before, but have any of you ever been under the leadership of a humble, humble, humble leader? It is powerful because they have the willingness to work alongside with you. They have the willingness to be vulnerable. They have the willingness to say it's okay if you don't get it right away. Oh, how about some of us try being humble leaders? You know what else holiness leads you? It's to temperance. These are some old-fashioned words that are still really in style now. You want to be a fiery lady, you start being a woman who says, I want to be holy, not perfect. I want to be holy. I want to have the right motive. I want to have a pure heart. I want to have my head in the right spot. I want your heart to be mine. Holiness will lead you to humility, and holiness will lead you to be tempered. Listen, a lot of the women leaders I know, the only way you know how to do it is to get tough and to grow a sh- some shell over your emotion, and the only way you're going to be any good at this is if you put your girl on hold. I don't think so. How about instead of being women who need to get toughened up, that I get tempered? Tempered is not just a saying she's got a bad temper, she's got a good. Tempered means that you have that ability to know when to restrain, to know when to hold back, can you imagine if feisty, fiery women knew when to shh? Can you imagine if they had a source, that sense of God in their being that said, close your lips. Uh, tsh, tsh. I'm so grateful I have that resource. God is my friend. I actually seek him every day. He is leading my life. He says, you go be a firecracker when I tell you to tsh. You close your lips. And when I tell you to stop and say no, you have the restraint to say no thank you. Listen, being disruptive has never, ever been about being disrespectful. Because there's been people that have disturbed things before. You know, the ones that stir the pot, just getting you agitated for what cause? What would it be? that I was a respectful disturber. And I'm not saying that we're going out and making everybody else that's ever tried it look bad. What I'm saying is let me see what you want me to see and let me do what you want me to do. If that means going with the boys, being in an awkward position, I'm going there. But I'm focused on you, eyes on you. Listen, there's a lot of us that just want to put our heads in the sand and the only way to deal with our reality is to pretend we don't see it. Faith causes you to get your head out of the sand and your eyes on the one that can do something about it. One of my closest friends has been on a journey for the last couple years, and many of you know her, Jody Tapp, who has really always served God, had a strong faith, and then she goes through the trial of seeing her daughter really, and to put it mildly, walk through health difficulties like I would never, ever, ever want to imagine for my own life to deal with. And we went for coffee a couple weeks, and my favorite thing to do whenever I'm in like sermon mode is be like, tell me what you think. When you think, Deborah, when you think your faith, what what would you say is the theme of what's been happening in your life? She, if I could picture anyone I know right now that has been fierce in the face of some real-life circumstance. Listen, the girl moved to Goose Bay, Labrador. That was enough to start. But then you add medical issue after medical issue on a little infant that has had to have been back and forth to IWK, clinging to life itself. Listen, that takes some true, real, honest to God, you better be real, faith. And Jody said that the theme of what has kept her through this and what she clings to right now is that quiet whisper in her spirit, eyes on me, eyes on me. Stop worrying about what the next appointment's going to be. Stop worrying about what the next specialist is going to say. Listen, she comes to Halifax for appointments, not for two or three, but like 16 appointments over four days with a two-year-old. There's nothing fun about that. Stop Stop worrying about what they're going to say with the next report. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. I'm still the same. I'm still the same, Jody. I'm still the same. Eyes on me. Can you imagine if fierce women could really tap into this beautiful resource that we have that continues to grow and to prune us and to make us the best we can be because he continues to say, Child, I, hi, hi, up here. Look at me. Look at me. You're getting caught up. You're getting caught up. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. Deborah's eyes were on the promise that she knew that God had promised them. God had promised them victory before they've even gone out. God has promised the victory. Do you know the distance between oppression and victory? Is battle. It's war. It's waging it. It's fighting it. It's going for it. But I know that what comes at the end of Deborah's song, after she's Really, you can read some of the most beautiful poetry in chapter 5 because she is now celebrating the victory they've known. And the final note on anything that we know about Deborah is in chapter 5, last verse. And then the land had peace for 40 years. Let me tell you, your obedience today is going to lead to precious promises come to pass for years to come. I continually want to submit every every ounce of my being to be his best for his glory, for his good. Don't go trying to figure me out. Try and just try Jesus on for yourself. See what he could do in you. See what he can do in that. See what he can use in your position. I am so willing to say, God, use my sisters. Use my friends. I want to be the best cheerleaders out there without the pom-poms. I want to be able to say, listen, you want to apply for that? You go apply for that, but you make sure you read up on those things. You go in wise and fiery. You go in prepared and ready. I think there's not a business that you can't start. There's not a job that you can't take. There's not a relationship that can't be mended. There's not a broken heart that can't be changed. If I could just commit to saying, I want to be fierce in all that I can be in all that I can be for your glory and your honor and your fame. I'm going to invite the worship team back if they're still here. I just think that there's some of you that really need that to rest in your soul. You need that to rest in your spirit. You need to swallow that in. Stop and consider what that might look like. I want you to truly be able to let that penetrate the quiet place. I think the worship team's gone, but Tanya, would you mind, because I love you so much, to just come? And I'm going to ask you to, to play. I, I want you to get it. No? I want you to sense it. I want you to know that this is as good for you as anybody This is not for an age bracket. This is not for the business professional only. This is for the mom. This is for the single lady. This is for the retired. This is for the fact that until, until I close my eyes in final breath, there is still something for me to do. And there is still something for you to be seeing and walking out in faith, being fierce to go see that the battle is won. Because if God is for you, fill it in. If God is for you, who can be against you? Faith without works is dead. So plan on seeing me being, responding to the needs of my city. Plan on seeing me respond to the things that are happening in my world. Plan on that because faith calls me to that. I want you to know that this is for you. I want it to be listed on your resume that you are fierce and wise, tempered and talented, gracious and kind. I want that all for you. And I know that as you lean into that and just ask God again to allow you to be privy to that, how beautiful would that be to really see yourself come out from the shadows, come out from what you were in 20 years ago, and finally see victory for now and for many years to come. For many years to come. Lord, I thank you that right now in All that we've drank this day, all that we've heard today, all that we're still letting you seep into our souls, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us afresh that you in me is great. Build your church, Lord. Build up these ladies. Let them see that there is more for their lives than they're ever capable of getting to in and of their own resources. That I would reach out to know what you want for my life, that they would seek you for what you want for their lives. We want you to be what we lean into and want more than anything. Beyond our own, beyond our own selves, beyond our own talents, beyond our own resources. I'm so glad I have you. I ask that these ladies would know you so that they could sense your spirit in them and leading them in ways that only you can. So particular to each of us. In Jesus' name. Amen.